Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. The Spent the Rent podcast has gone into isolation mode. We will be doing our interviews remotely via the internet until further notice. Today we will be joined by members of the Eugene, Oregon community who are affected by the coronavirus shutdown. And we're off. the rent podcast i am your host patty rose today we will do things a little different we are interviewing eugene residents affected by the coronavirus shutdown remotely our first guest is the owner of american traditional barbershop brooklyn damon okay so we are here with brooklyn damon the owner of american traditional barbershop in eugene oregon and brooklyn welcome to the show hey thanks for having me appreciate it so we are fellow barbers, and one thing I've always respected about you that I want to talk about first is uh, that you don't ever come across as competitive. You're very supportive of other barbers in the community, and we pride ourselves on being the same. So uh, this is somewhere where we're family, you know, and so we come together, and I wanted to have you on the show to talk about the effects that you're feeling from, we'll just call it the quarantine, and uh, I know you've done some media stuff. Uh, you guys were on the news, I believe. Because yeah, uh, local here in town. Yeah. So tell us, when did you guys shut down the shop? Um, oh, we took our last appointment on Saturday. Uh, last, about like eight days ago, nine days ago. Right. Uh, and then we were closed for the weekend. So we had the weekend to think about it and how to move forward. Because I really, at that point, there had been just really hearsay. There, there wasn't really a lot of information going on. A lot of conflicting stories and and actions that we were supposed to take. So uh, we kind of let the weekend play it out. Um, we uh, opened back up on Tuesday, St. Patrick's Day. Right. And uh, uh, I had already blocked myself out. So I was scheduled off anyway because the St. Patty's. And, sure. You know, I'd like to celebrate even though yeah, uh, that- we're quarantined. I can still yeah. cook corned beef. Yeah, we we shut Campus Barbershop, Dudley's Campus Barbershop. We shut it down on Monday the 16th. So I went into work and and George and I had talked and he's like, I think that we need to be proactive and we need to just go ahead and call it, you know, and, and our plan initially was to shut down for, you know, a week, a week at a time. And now we're on our second week. And like you had said, my name is Patrick. So St. Patrick's yeah. Day, St. Patrick's Day was something I had already had it planned to be off and I was going to go to the pint pot. And, you know, life is a different place now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, definitely. That was like, uh, weirdly enough, that was the first place I thought about 
and yeah. uh, was the pint pot. You know, it was just like, oh my God, it's St. Patty's. This is one of the biggest days for you know our bars and restaurants, especially here in a small town. Yeah. So yeah, that was like you know went you, right through my mind immediately. When so. when this whole thing started, and you had said you know you were kind of like there's a lot of different kind of information. Uh, what was it that ultimately made you make the decision to shut it down? Um, for me personally, it was definitely the, you know, reading the CDC's website and uh, the state of Oregon's website. And the only common ground uh, that I found was a uh, six foot distancing rule. Yeah. So that was the one common thing everyone kept saying was six feet, six feet, six feet. And I just was trying to wrap my head around it. You know, it was just, uh, what do we do? How do we do, you know, uh, offer our services with, you know, a six foot distance. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it was definitely easier for me to close my shop than it was for me to stop touching my face. Sure. Sure. So, you know, like that's a definite, you know, a decision. And I, and, and the same way, uh, your owner, George did, you know, kind of discussed it with his employees or coworkers, however you want to phrase that. Cause as you know, most of us in our industry are independent contractors. That's why I think that you two as owners, uh, of the shop itself are set apart from a lot of people. You know, I'm not going to name names, but right. because, because you look at us like family, you know, and George has been so gracious to ease my stress where I'm not required to pay for my chair. I mean, how could right. you, be? but at the same time, you know, I mean, people have bills. So, yeah. And that's the, you know, the weird thing about it, you know, and you know, for me, when it comes down to the choice of money or, safety or health or, or, you know, just being able to look yourself in the mirror, you know, with the decisions you make, sorry, all the birds just started freaking out out oh, here. Oh no, it's good. <laughs> but yeah. So like once you, you know, kind of put it that way, like I couldn't risk my friends and family over money. No, no. You know? And this is all temporary. And, and yeah. I mean, I mean, it, that's where, you know, we kind of live. And, and I think hearing the words like non-essential was really heartbreaking for people in our industry. Sure. You know, because we'll we, see. you know, and that's how we look at ourselves is very essential. And that's how our clients act and talk about us. You know, they, how they lift us up really, really high. Yeah. You and, know, you so. know, I'm already, I, I've made a vow that I'm not getting my hair cut till I cut my first head of hair at work. And so, yeah, no, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm super furry right now. Ultra we're going to end up having beards after this, you know, it's, <laughs> and if anybody doesn't get that joke listening to this, it's because Brooklyn, you have a massive beard. So yeah, now I'm just kind of not shaving the cheeks, I guess. So, yeah, so eyeballs. I mean, what is your speculation as far as time? I mean, when would you feel comfortable going back? Uh, I mean, at this point, it really, I, you know, I don't know anything. Right. And I think we were handling it the same way as uh, George and Dudley's Barbershop. What you guys are doing was playing it week by week. Yeah. You know, we weren't, we didn't put it at an announcement as far as like confirming dates. You know, we were like, hey, keep us, you know, we'll keep you posted, keep us posted, and then we'll go ahead next week and address the situation again. Uh, especially early on because there was no, you know, uh, real guidelines for us to follow. And even as of even today, if you go, I got emails from the Oregon health board and they weren't even telling us to close. They were telling yeah. us to do it. Right. You know, basically uh, do it, you know, 
in a case, you know, case by case kind of scenario. And that was really, you know, heartbreaking for me because well, and I feel like the state has to kind of take things in stride. They don't want to tell people not to, you know, they want that tax revenue, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. and no, and, and you could see that anyone that's smart, if you're a business owner, if you, even if you don't own the barbershop, you know how the barbershop and the business works. Sure. So, I mean, for them to mandatory close everyone down, I'm sure that would have caused a lot more chaos than just actually going down. So what's the best way to find updates? Now, for us, we are currently rolling out our new website, which is dudleyscampusbarbershop.com. And then on Facebook, Dudley's Campus Barbershop, you can find updates we're giving weekly. What's the best way for you to find updates for what you guys, when you guys will be back running and and for people to get information? Uh, I mean, locally, uh, we definitely uh, follow the Oregon Barbers and Stylists page on Facebook. I mean, for you personally, for people that are uh, patrons of your establishment. Oh, patrons of my shop. Well, you can definitely, uh, we don't have a website. We just did social media thing. So, so, so Facebook and Instagram. So and yeah, Facebook, American Traditional Barbershop, Facebook and Instagram. Cool. And then through there, you can find each one of our barbers that is also posting, you know, situational updates. I'll put a link in the show notes of when I post this episode for your Facebook page so that people can follow that. And then also for our barbershop, again, this is what's beautiful is that we come together in this, you know, we're, we're a team. We're just working in different shops, <laughs> you know? So this is a scary time. What yeah, are you no, doing? And that's why we always, we always talk this talk in the shops, no matter yeah. what shop you go to or what barber or hairstylist you talk to. It's the word family is always spread around. Hundred percent. We call ourselves brothers and sisters of the blade, and right. we are the ones that share the you know the smock and you know all these terms that are thrown around. And here we are, present day. We have to prove this at a standstill. Yeah. So we're gonna have a big old party when when this is all cleared away. So yeah, it know. sounds like everyone's gonna you know be ready to get out and and feel normal again. Yeah, maybe. You know? some and that's hard. Reason. You know this. Like we're we're barbers. And our shop is definitely made uh, for people to forget about life for a while. That's it. You know, where, where, you know, when there's a tough situation in town, when you're going through hard times, you come to the shop to forget about your life for 30, 45 minutes. George and I have a joke that we say sometimes out back of the shop and we'll look at each other and say, you ever just have those days where you just don't want to be a barber? And I can tell you right now, I'm not having those days right now. I can't wait to be back being a barber. Lately, what, I'm going to ask you in a second what you've done personally to kind of make some uh, changes in your life. But for me, I, I took on Uber Eats and I'm doing everything I can safely wearing gloves and then taking the gloves off, hand sanitizer, all that. But uh, just to supplement income, but also to keep my mind busy. And I can tell you right now from doing four days of Uber Eats, I love being a barber. You know, it's just what we get to do is incredible. So what are you uh, I doing? I saw that. You as a barber too, you posted, hey, I'm, I need to work. And so you post on Facebook links on, hey, if you're looking for work, come here. Yeah. And that's, again, for goes me. into that family mentality. I, you know, people would say, oh, you're creating competition for yourself. It's like, no, no, no. We're just trying to get a little bit of crumbs here to get by. And I've had three or four people message me for my uh, referral link for Uber Eats because it's it's quick and for people that have families, you know, you know, if they got little kids and their their job has been taken from them for however long, that's huge, you know. Yeah. No, what and you I'm lucky enough that I don't have kids, so right. you know, I I have extra money, 
you know? So when this sure. hit, I was, you know, I didn't freak out about how much money I had. I was just freaked out about how much money my coworkers don't have. And I think that's where George is sitting too. So, I mean, and, but you know, I mean, everything changes depending on how long this goes on. Yeah. And that was great to see, cause you know, your shop definitely, uh, made me feel not so alone in it because in the beginning, definitely I only noticed our shop and your shop were closed and I wasn't seeing a lot of the shops in my neighborhood closing down. We were very proactive. I, to the best of my knowledge, we were the first to shut down yeah. because we did it Monday. We were just like, uh, I don't want to be ground zero, <laughs> you know, for this. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I made that post, you know, and it kind of blew up. Yeah. Cause... Speaking of, I, I don't, this is a weird segue, but you are from New York and did you live in New York during 9-11? Yeah, that's, uh, I was uh, originally from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. What kind of similarities are you seeing? I mean, this is much different. Um, you know? This is totally different. You know, uh, I lost my aunt in the towers and we thought we lost my uncle who is a NYPD police officer at the time. And wow. he was missing in his car for a week. He was trapped on the rubble. Oh my gosh. So he was rushing to the scene to save his wife because everything was chaotic and he got there. The towers were falling and he was trapped. So we thought we lost both of them. And then a week and like three days later, uh, they found him in his car. And he wow. was living on a lunch and a Gatorade bottle that he had found in the squad car. Because it wasn't even his squad car. He heard the report go over the radio. He basically commandeered a car. Wow. And, and barreled down there to get to his wife. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we did lose my Aunt Lisa. So it was... Uh, a, a blessing because we found him. So it was, you know, a really tough time. But one thing I did notice in the city was uh, just we were all in it together. And we hear that term thrown around everywhere. We're all in this together. Yeah. And at the time, it was, you know, we were more scared of planes than we were handrails and right. handshakes. Yeah. And, you know, so even being close to people, you know, it's one thing to stop shaking hands. It's another thing to not talk to somebody, you know, face to face. Sure, you can't even and, and lean in and kind of, kind of whisper to something, someone's ear, you know? And yeah, I don't think it's fair comparison with nine 11. I just, I really appreciate you sharing your story on that. Cause you know, a lot of us didn't ex living in Oregon at the time, we would watch it on the news and it, it's kind of, now I'm going to make some comparisons to what's happening today, but we're watching the news and we don't know these people. So for you to actually have lost a loved one, directly and then thousands of people were you know three thousand people died so there was so much direct contact to someone that they lost you know on 9 11 oh. but no yeah. and that was the thing for me you know because i left maybe a month later uh just out of fear um wow. about two weeks after uh the world trade center was hit um another plane uh hit a building in Manhattan and uh, it was like a Yankee who was flying down the spring training and his personal plane and it was had nothing to do with terrorism or anything like that. But it was just, Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Like so PTSD, I didn't know about that. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just like really right afterwards. So it was just nerve wracking. So I decided to move to this small little town that I'd been to in the nineties for called Eugene and you know, so we're uh, experiencing a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're back with uh, 
Brooklyn Damon. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, so like I said, after 9-11 came, came out here to Eugene, uh, and I never looked back. I, I love this place. This town has been uh, almost more of a family to me than my own family. Yeah. So, you know, that was a bartender for a long time. And <clears throat> I guess barbering is where barbers go to die. <laughs> so, but, you know, I never thought it would be so rewarding and, and to be, you know, such. I thought I was a part of the community as a bartender, getting people drunk and serving up vices, you know, every night. And then when I became a barber, it was definitely like night and day. Like, oh, you yeah. know, I don't cut anyone off from haircuts. No one curses out my mother. You know, like it's, it's, it's a really good gig. Well, and I think it opens it up to a whole different crowd. Nothing to, I'm not knocking the bar scene, but there's, I mean, we have families and all kinds of stuff that come into to the shop, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what it's like to watch kids grow up, you know, in front of you, you know, watch them grow a foot, two feet taller, you know, within a year span. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's really humbling, you know, because you are a member of the family. Right. You know, a distant member, but, you know, we are part of it. And we'll be back at it soon, man. We'll be back at it soon. Brooklyn, I want to I thank you very much uh, for doing this. I'm going to try to get some, some short little interviews with some different people affected in the community. So this is Brooklyn Damon from American Traditional Barbershop. Uh, put some links in the show notes to your social media page. Well, Thanks hey, a lot, man. We appreciate that. And uh, thank you for what you're doing, Patrick, man. I really uh, appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that. You take care. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, brother. Stay face. So I'm joined by Justin Pluid. Am I saying that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Justin is the host of his own podcast, The Flock Pod. He's been a guest on the show in the past, and we wanted to have you on to talk about the sports angle. You know, one of the big things that is uh, being lost in all of this is, especially women's basketball. I know you were a huge fan of Sabrina uh, and the women's basketball team. Talk a little bit on that. Yeah, um, Shane and I actually went pretty deep dive on this in our last episode on the, the Quack and Time podcast that we did. Um, but it's, it's just been difficult to see these kinds of opportunities taken away from these athletes that have worked so hard for it. You know, obviously there's real life, you know, bigger world situations that impact it. And we have to respect that and things of that nature. But I think one of the reasons why we all love sports is because it offers us that, you know, escape during some of these times when we're dealing with adversity and things like that. So to have that taken away and then to see all the hard work that her and Peyton, you know, and all those seniors that have put together and you throw Satu in there being the junior who declared, um, you know, they'll never get that chance again, you know, and it's, it's an opportunity, I guess, to teach some, some bigger life lessons and, and whatnot and, you know, to, to honor the journey as, as opposed to the result. But uh, that's a tough sell right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's the thing. It's like to a lot of people that aren't sports fans, they hear people say, oh, my gosh, I'm losing Mark Madness. And, you know, this time of year I'd be watching the tournament or watching, you know, baseball start to kick off or NBA playoffs start to, to take shape. And they, they look at it it's like, well, that's not important. But that's why I wanted to talk to you because – you're a fan first, but also you look at these people as individuals. And I know that uh, this women's basketball team, this was their year to win the championship. And this is devastating, you know, and, and we had mentioned Peyton Pritchard as well as senior and all the players on the team, but the seniors, I mean, Sabrina had came back to win the championship. You know, she could have gone pro last year. Yeah. I mean, her, her and coach Graves had a great quote about that. Just saying, you know, we came back to, 
to make sure we, we handled our unfinished business. And it looks like that business will just stay unfinished, you know, and it's kind of a, it's a nice thing that as a coach, you can kind of have that mindset and, you know, push it down to, to your athletes and whatnot. But again, as someone that does this every single day, I mean, you go to the gym, that's, that's your happy place. I mean, I remember even being a, a little kid, you know, I'd have a hard day at school. I'd come home and I'd go shoot hoops for two or three hours. You know, sports are just kind of that, that place where we can escape and where we can have a little bit of fun and kind of get away from what's bothering us here in the, the quote unquote real world. And, you know, to have these athletes that do it every single day, they rely on the, the infrastructure of the team, the workouts and stuff like that. Um, it, it really messes with you. You know, it starts to get to you mentally a little bit too. So you, you worry about that a little bit as these college athletes, you know, how they're doing from, from that perspective also you know just kind of being taken away from their quote-unquote greater family and you know we're all dealing with that on a certain level but you know as athletes I think you rely so much on that routine and um, yeah I just I just hope they're taking care of themselves one of the things I've noticed is that if you go by parks as of a couple days ago there were still people playing pickup basketball which is pretty you know risky pretty pretty risky yes risky (laughs) and uh, so you know, I just wish people would understand what we're dealing with. The longer that people are out and about treating this like normal, the longer that the longer that we're going to be without work. Is that Zuko in the background? Yep, Zuko agrees. I think Zuko agrees with your point there. <laughs> Zuko is Justin's dog. So <laughs> he's my little Boston Terrier. This is yeah, the fun but... thing. Uh, you know, doing these remote interviews. It, I'm new to this, and we're going to work out the kinks. But this is cool because we have to isolate ourselves. But this gives us a chance still to connect with the you know each different people affected by this. I'm going to try to, you know, get on some healthcare workers. Uh, They're probably working. (laughs) And so it might be difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) That might be a tough schedule, but no, that's why I jumped on this, you know, this opportunity when you put something up on the old book face, you know, asking if people wanted to jump on, I was like, you know, what a cool opportunity to still get out there and yeah, have a little bit of community during this time. Yeah. So Justin, uh, what are you doing personally? I mean, are you out of work? Are you, you know, what's going on with you? Yeah, so um, I, I have a lot of different hats. You know, I'm a real estate agent here, um, but then I also work at the the Bridgeway House, uh, which is a school for kids that have autism as an instructional assistant. And uh, we've been out of work now for a week. Um, our last day was last Thursday. Um, you know, and it's there's a lot of talk out there about when schools are going to reopen or if they're going to reopen this year. Yeah. So just doing what I can to, to keep myself busy, um, you know, and uh, take Zuko outside as much as possible. But, you know, keeping our social distance. <laughs> Sure. Um, but yeah, are you guys, just, just are spending you, some time. What was that? You and Shane are still doing the podcast. Yeah, he came over uh, last week and we did a pod. Um, we'll probably explore, you know, some remote opportunities like you're kind of doing here. Um, you know, I do feel like there's that situation where people that you've already kind of come in contact with. And uh, if you're both not feeling symptomatic and things of that nature, I think there's some there's some things that are OK from that perspective just to get a little bit of community and, you know, to see some people and get some real human interaction. Uh, but, yeah, I'll probably look into this whole Zoom app here that you're rocking for our interview to see if we can pull that off. Yeah, you give up the secret. I am using the program Zoom, which I think uh, is really a, a cool tool for podcasters. And I don't keep this stuff secret. I like to share the knowledge <laughs> with different <laughs> with different people. But yeah, you know, it, it seems to be working pretty good so far, uh, working out the kinks. But uh, Justin, thanks a lot. I don't want to be on long because I'm going to try to talk to some different people. But you give us a little sports angle. What is the one thing that you're missing the most? You know, it's 
I think it's, it's just having that two hours where you can think about something else, you know, where you can think about pick and roll coverage, where you can think about, you know, how you're going to cover the dive man and how you're going to corner cover the corner three and things like that, or, you know, kind of get lost in watching somebody else's journey. Um, and then talking about that, you know, going on Twitter or having a buddy over and kind of talking about the game and just having that, that again, that community aspect. I think that's one of the biggest things that we're all kind of missing right now. And sports is one of those elements that, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things I love about sports in general is how many times are you going to get, you know, 60,000 people in a stadium that are all cheering for the same thing. You know, they all want the same outcome in one physical place. So missing that just kind of physical connection, I think is probably the biggest thing. Now is the NFL draft scheduled to happen? It's supposed to be in the middle the end of April. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that. I've been listening to a bunch of different, you know, media and kind of give their take on what they feel like they should do. I think they're probably still going to have it. There's obviously a lot of complications in regards to a lot of the medical stuff, you know, not so much for those guys that were at the NFL combine per se, but for some of those deeper round picks, you know, your fifth, sixth, seventh rounders, your Belichick specials, they're going to be a lot harder to get that medical stuff because you don't get the in-person meetings. You can do a lot of stuff like this, like, you know, on the phone or teleconference and things but um, that's probably the stuff that the and you're going to see it really benefit the teams that have already done their work you know those those proger those those franchises that have a better scouting department they're just really going to shine now right so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out well justin thanks a lot so this is justin he's the co-host of the flock pod uh i'll put a link in the show notes to where to find you guys you guys have a facebook page yeah facebook instagram twitter we're all over the place so the flock pod and there's a there's it's there's a couple different ones, but so we'll put a link to your anchor so that people can choose the app and whatnot. Awesome. Appreciate so you, man. Thanks, thanks for having me Thanks a lot, Justin. Yeah, take care, man. Have a great one. Stay safe, everybody. We are joined by Cindy Ingram, the owner of Pacific Pub Cycle and the booking manager of Sam Bond's Garage. I appreciate you uh, doing this on such short notice. Cindy, welcome. Hi. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Yeah, so I wanted to talk to you because you do a lot in the community. You're very connected. Uh, obviously, Pacific Pub Cycle is, uh, we had you on the podcast before, but tell us what you do real quick. Well, Pacific Pub Cycle is uh, party bikes. I have two bikes. One is an 8 to 14 person bike. And the newest one, the meeting bike, is a 2 to 6 person bike. And folks rent it to uh, hop around to the different hot spots mostly in the Whitaker and Market districts, you know, to the the breweries and distilleries and wine tasting rooms. And and I'm sure that with everything going on, that has, when did you stop doing the, the tours? Well, you know, um, it's a seasonal thing, naturally, because people want to be uh, outside more in the warmer weather. And uh, what, what usually happens is things start ramping up um, in March. And then the busiest, yeah, the busiest time is, uh, is June, July, and August. So I was just about to hire a general manager and start hiring pilots. And I had, um, you know, a handful of tours that I had to cancel or postpone and, you know, stop any kind of hiring. And now it is just dead in the water. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is go time. So uh, I encourage anybody listening to go back and listen to the episode I did with you, you know, um, about the full extent of what you do with Pacific Pub Cycle. The big thing that's really impacted you 
is this you had just started doing booking for Sam Bond's Garage and had a lot of shows. I mean, I've been watching what you've been doing and you've got a, a plethora of different types of local artists and touring artists as well. I mean, you just did a show with Randy from the Trailer Park Boys, correct? Yeah. So it's really hard for a community like Eugene to see a stop to local entertainment. So what is uh, what is your take on everything with that? Well, first off, um, it was an incredible honor to be asked to take over the booking at Sanbon's. Sanbon's was one of the first big venues in the area. It's This is the 25th year um, of being a venue. And um, I personally have played the stage with different bands. And as an uh, early on in my promotions, I was doing shows there and, um, you know, booking shows and managing bands. And so it, it's really amazing. And I feel um, so honored to, to have that role. And so I hit the ground running. Um, it was mid-November uh, when I started um, booking you know, shows five nights a week, two to three bands a night. And I was booking out three, four months in advance and um, doing a lot of stuff to help Sambons increase the number of people through the door and, and whatnot. And I was just uh, putting so much time and energy into it and just pouring myself. Um, yeah. And, and it wasn't going unnoticed. I mean, if anybody's been following your personal page or Sam Bonds on, on social media, you had some awesome acts coming up and it's heartbreaking to have to cancel or postpone is probably a better word. As, a, as an event, as an event planner, it is heartbreaking because you spend so much time and energy with each individual show and there's five nights. So like you're so personally invested and then, um, you know, and then you have to go and spend a bunch of time canceling and rescheduling and doing all of the things you have to do to undo what you just did. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's pretty devastating. Uh, what have yeah. you been doing personally? So what is your situation? Obviously that has ceased to happen. So that, I mean, that's been taken. And then like you said, you had, you know, you had basically aimed to kick off the Pacific pub cycle right now. How are yeah. your, how are your spirits through this whole thing? Well, um, to be quite honest, I'm not doing so great. Um, I have zero income coming in all of a sudden. And, um, you know, I, I'm spending, you know, a lot of time alone with my thank goodness for my dog and my cat. Um, and also I am, you know, it is a time to, to count my blessings. I mean, I, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my fridge. I have gas in my car and, um, you know, it's been sunny outside. So I have, uh, a yard to be working in. And so I've been spending a lot of physical energy and, and mental space planning, you know, what I'm planting and whatever. And that's really been, um, the way that I'm kind of take care, taking care of myself is staying physically busy. And so I, I feel really lucky that I, um, uh, you know, that I have that. And, um, 
it's going to be a little different now that the rain is coming, I guess, in the next few days when it's supposed to rain for a good week. It's, I think, uh, not just for me, but I think for a lot of people, it's going to get harder because you can't be outside. Sure. In a weird way, though, if it's not like raining for a for an ex- you know extended period of time, maybe it'll give an opportunity to kind of go indoors. I mean, we know in Oregon we find indoor activities when it's raining, and right now there's a mixed bag because the sunshine makes you want to be out in it, which is good to get out with your dog, like you said, but you don't want to be doing things like congregating, you know. So right, the people going to the beach is is nerve wracking. You know, and especially I have a good friend that lives in Florence and he had posted on Facebook, like, look, respect the locals. I understand you want to go to the beach to get away, but you're bringing stuff here potentially. So I do want to say, Cindy, I really appreciate you sharing your personal story, not just the business end of it, but emotional, you know, because there's so many people are going to deal with this in different ways. And for people like us that are very social, it's very difficult, you know, and so I just appreciate I appreciate you telling your personal story as well as the economic impact. And, you know, I'm right there with you where my barbershop is closed and, and I've been kind of public about it that I've been doing Uber eats and taking every precaution, wearing gloves and sanitizing when I take the gloves off and, you know, touching door handles is the thing that's, it's probably the biggest risk that I'm taking by moving, going and doing that. Uh-huh. And the least, the, you know, the least of my concern is me getting sick. It's spreading it. It's the impacts that I could have on someone else. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And thank you for continuing your podcast and, you know, giving people some, that's something that, um, that people can do is they can listen to catch up on their podcast and they can watch the, the bands doing live stream shows and, and that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for you know providing that to the community. It's just so important to me. I wasn't going to do an episode for a couple of weeks. I've cut it down to two a month, but I figured I probably should get this going to do remote interviews. Um, I'm still scheduled on April 5th to interview Mr. Ulala. He was going to come on and talk about wrestling promotion that he's doing, but of course those events are canceled. And yeah. but I'm I'm still going to have him on, and then you know we'll just change the direction that we went or we're planning on going with the episode. But today I'm just trying to spotlight some different people. Uh, I've talked to Brooklyn from American Traditional Barbershop. I talked to Justin Pluid, who's a podcast host with a sports show. And then you. And, you know, there's just so many different types of people that are impacted in different ways that it's just it's going to be an interesting few months. I don't know when we're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, all we can really do is just do our best to take care of ourselves and our our neighbors and. I know this morning I had a, an hour long conversation with my mother-in-law in Vermont and um, you know, she's in a supported living situation. And so there's no one coming in and out. And so, you know, just having, doing those kinds of um, supports that we can do like phone yeah. calls and, and outreach, whatever, outreach. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, Cindy, thank you very much for taking this time out of your day. Uh, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and and I'm sure you are as well. So keep doing it, man. uh, I will. And I'm going to get you back in the studio once we get back, you know, once things go back to normal or some sense of normalcy, I'm going to get you on for a full interview to talk more about Sam Bond's Garage and Pacific Pub Cycle. Anybody listening can follow both of those pages on social media sites. Cindy, you're awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Have a good one.
We are joined by Sarah Wolf from the Star Voting Campaigns, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about the political impact in Oregon that we're seeing from the shutdown. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me. So this is really cool. You've been a guest a couple times, um, kind of one of my go-tos for political information. You've worked very closely with Star Voting. We'll talk about that briefly in a little bit. Uh, wanted to talk to you about some of the, off, you know, what can be done remotely to volunteer to help with political campaigns because political campaigns are still going. It is still an election year. So tell us what kind of stuff can be done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for Star Voting for Eugene, Star Voting for Lane County, and um, also our new campaign, Star Voting for City of Troutdale, um, we have pretty much gone into um, lockdown mode. You know, we pretty promptly canceled all of our in-person events, in-person meetings and action items. And we're doing most um, co-working meetings and collaboration either by Zoom, by video conference, or by phone. So we're still doing just as much. It's just, you know, from home. What do you think that the impact that the lack of door-to-door -door canvassing is going to have on local politics and national politics? Yeah, and that is, um, that's the biggest impact that we're really worried about. Our Star Voting for Lane County campaign um, is in the middle of our petition window. So we need to get another, you know, thousands of signatures by July. And right now, obviously, nobody's out canvassing. Um, the clock is ticking, and what that means is that we're gonna have to collect all of those signatures in a very short window, which basically is gonna require funding because we're generally a grassroots funded, um, so far we've gathered all of our signatures for that campaign with volunteers only. So give us a brief description of what Star Voting is so that people listening can know if they're not aware. Yeah, Star Voting is an alternative voting method that's being proposed here in Oregon for local nonpartisan races for starters. Um, the way it works is we would actually just skip the low turnout primary and vote once in November using a five-star ballot. So you score your candidates um, from zero stars, which is no support at all, all the way up to five for your favorite or favorites. Um, you arrange the other candidates in order of preference, showing your level of support, much like a five-star rating. And then STAR voting's counted in two rounds. It actually is an acronym. So STAR stands for score, then automatic runoff. The two highest scoring candidates overall are finalists. That's the scoring round. And then in the automatic runoff, the finalist who was preferred by more voters wins. So the finalist who's preferred by the majority. So like you had said, getting the word out, you have to get signatures. Tell us again, what, about, what was that deadline to get the signatures? It's, um, I think, the first week of July. Okay. And we have reached out to Secretary of State. Um, we've signed on to a petition with all, um, we've got a couple of groups now organizing all of the local petition committees in Oregon to ask for an extension. Um, so normally to qualify for the November ballot, the general election, you have to turn in signatures by July. Um, we think that should be extended by at least a couple of months, um, you know, if not longer, just as 
possible, really, because this is such a severe impact on our democratic process and our ability to do ballot initiatives. Yeah. And anybody listening can go back and listen to the times that I've had you on the show. We talked at length about star voting and we also talked about you ta- you did you uh schooled me on plurality and majority voting and i learned a lot from that and so yeah this is just insane the impacts it's going to have on local campaigns i know on the podcast we had doyle canning who is running for congress and for somebody like her that's trying to get her name out it makes it really difficult when you can't go door to door and have that face-to-face interaction because a lot of times what a politician does to get the vote is to make the person or to show the person that they're heard you know, that they actually have a voice, the voter. And so what kind of stuff is being done online for some of the different organizations you're involved with? Is there ways to, to reach out to people? Are they being inundated with other types of social media, like about coronavirus and not receptive to political needs? I mean, it's only been a week so far that things have been shut down, but what are you trying to do to, right. So right now our focus is on things that we can do really well from home. Um, And our plan is to, um, you know, focus on fundraising, focus on event planning far enough in the future that we'll be able to do those events um, or else we can schedule them later, but they're like fully organized now. Um, So we're getting volunteers to do that. Um, We're, we have our star.vote online voting tool. So people, can pull up their phone, type in star dot vote and vote in a poll or host a poll of, you know, when this is all over, where should we have our family reunion or, you know, any question you might want to have. Um, so star dot vote is one of our great remote access, um, outreach tools, um, reaching out to schools and organizations that might want to adopt star voting for their own decision-making processes, um, or meetings. Um, so yeah, there's tons of opportunities, um, videos, definitely the media right now is going to be our coping mechanism. You know, we can't have that face-to-face contact. So podcasts, news, radio, all of that is just so much more important so that when we do get back up and running, we can be efficient. So where do people find, uh, more information on star voting online? Starvoting.us is our main website and that's the one where you can um, get involved, get more information, sign up, join a chapter, um, donate, all of the above. So starvoting.us and then our nonprofit branch is the Equal Vote Coalition and the website for that is equal.vote. And I'll, uh, I'll have you go ahead and message me those links and I'll share them in the show notes as well. So if people are listening to this, they can click on this and help uh, people like Sarah get the word out about this really important tool to, you know, give us strength in our democracy is really what it is because it gives us more of a voice as a voter. So I'm a firm believer in star voting and I really wanted to have you on to talk about that star voting, but also just the the political impact. This is going to be altered completely for this next election. And this is such a monumental election. So people still need to get involved and they still need to motivate each other to get out and vote. So yeah, And um, we do have one featured action item that I forgot to mention, I should have mentioned, but um, Eugene City Council is going to be voting on whether or not to refer star voting to the ballot. Um, We've already turned in our signatures, but there was a long story. um, So there's more hoops to jump through. So we're asking everyone to write in to City Council and submit 
um, an argument in favor of please support star voting, please refer star to the ballot. And is and, there information about that on your website as well? Um, there is, um, and I'll send you the link to the website where people can submit that public testimony. So you can put that in the comments as well. Perfect. That'll be in the show notes as well. Well, Sarah, thank you very much. Uh, you know, I don't have a ton of time. I'm trying to get interviews with different people. Uh, I'm going to have you on at length, you know, again, and we'll talk more and more about star voting, but this is a really important issue that I, I want people to know about. So I always appreciate you coming and talking on the show and, you know, hang in there. Okay. Yeah, you too. We appreciate what you do and stay safe. Yep. Stay safe. I'd like to thank our guests today and I'd like to show my admiration for our community both locally and nationally. But remember, this is a global pandemic. This is such a weird time and I want everyone who struggles with mental health to remember you are not alone. If you'd like to be a remote guest in the coming weeks, you can message the Spent the Rent Facebook or Instagram pages or you can email me patty at strpod.com. That's patty at strpod.com and we can arrange an interview. I'd like to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro. Oregon Cashflow Pro is giving free money management advice and you can find them on YouTube. Right now is a really good time because there's some information about some of the economic turmoil we're going to face in the coming weeks. So check out Oregon Cashflow Pro. I'm going to end this episode with a song. This is a little pop punk song I made yesterday called The Anatomy of a Pandemic. Read the show notes for more details. Thanks for listening. can protect you from losing your life but the truth is that it's your fault that your grandpa died you tried to laugh it off didn't cover when you coughed now your christmases are lonely your family was off you felt invincible you felt you had control you thought it The share public spaces, invisible is a crown we wear with traces of germs living on surfaces. Carnival barkers at circuses can make us ignore the storm on the horizon, determining if we are alive or if we die in. Systematically infested, acts like you are infected.